Welcome to another episode of the Diego and Divorce Show brought to you by Anchor.fm with your host, Diego De La Rosa and Lord Ever Devore. We talk about all things wrestling, untold stories, current events, and what's to come. Step into that squared circle with us as we take you on a fun-filled ride. All right, welcome to the Diego and Divorce Show. Man, I am so excited. Diego. How the hell are you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good, you know. I'm always excited. This whole podcasting thing's becoming a an obsession. And Absolutely. I, I'm loving it. So oh, what's yeah, going so on you in know, your world up there in the mountains, man? You doing all right? You staying away from the murder hornets and the COVID nineteen? Absolutely. I I'll leave the house for grocery shopping. That's about it. Nothing else out there to do. You know what? You know what really bothers me. My conundrum is, you know, what happened to the murder hornets? Did we just skip over that whole thing? I feel like we missed the murder hornets. I kind of think it's kind of one of those failed attempts, just like when they failed to push Outback Jack or Corporal Kirshner. You know, it just didn't work out. Oh no! It's a big, it's a little bit of a big disappointment. Yeah, I saw today that uh, they're having a swarm of earthquakes at Yellowstone National Park, and now there's a tropical depression forming off the East Coast, and it's threatened to do a hurricane. And I'm sitting there looking at all this shit, and I'm like, really, man? 2020, enough is enough already. Well, we still got six more months of nonsense, so. I'm going to need you to go. stop that. I'm going to get on top of that. I'm going to find out what's going on over there. I'm going to write a letter to the Congress. There you go. Write that letter, man. So who we got on the books so, today, man? Uh, I think I know who it is, and, and, and I'm really excited if these are the two uh, that yeah. I'm thinking of, especially our first guest. Uh, I'm stoked to hear what he's got to say. Yeah, it's one of, our, one of our favorite guys. I mean, I don't know if his opponents would consider him to be one of their favorites, but, you know, that's on them. He's got that wicked scissor kick, you know? Well, uh, if, uh, man. he's not their favorite, that's their own fault. They should not learn to stand there and eat a boot. Fine by me. I love watching it. I rewind it and watch it again. So, our good friend is uh, Anthony Athens. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, guys. How about yourselves? Oh, we're doing really good. Yeah, man. Really good. hanging in there, man. It's good to see you. You're looking pretty buff, bro. Oh, just trying to stay active. All the gyms are still closed, so I'm just doing what I can to try to stay in ring shape. There you go. That's all we can do, man. Yes, sir. Yeah, so with home being alone, so I know that our 2020 plans got all poo-pooed, so we still got the rest of the year. What are you What are you doing at home to try to stay in shape, and are you watching a lot of, the, a lot of film on some other wrestlers or just trying to keep that wrestling bug alive? I'm still watching wrestling for sure. I'm still trying to. I had big plans for 2020, and I'm sure you guys did too, especially with UCW and everything like that. And right now we're just doing what we can. I mean, I have a bench press that I I use. I'll I'll try to do, just do what I can with a barbell. I've been doing a lot more cardio, which I've been needing to do more cardio anyway, try to get leaned up. But now I don't really have an option. I gotta, I gotta do cardio. So I've been doing cardio. I've been running about five or six days a week. I've been lifting four or five days a week, just trying to stay active and just trying to at least not gain, not gain weight. 
That's my that's my uh, big goal. But whenever those gyms open up, I am I am so ready for those gyms to open up. You, you have no idea. I am going insane not being able to go in the gym. It's going to be like New Year's Day all over again to the gym when it opens back up. <laughs> yeah, and then a month after, it'll go back to the way it was. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I just learned something new about you that I didn't know before. Uh, you just graduated from grad school, man. So what what did you get your degree in? I got a master's degree in the arts of teaching, and I specialized in teaching social studies. Wow, that's pretty cool, man. What are you going to do with that? Uh, well, right now, I have a job lined up over uh, over Diego's Way in Inwood at uh, Mountain Ridge Middle School. So I'm, I'm very excited to get my uh, professional career started, and I've, I've always wanted to help kids out. You know, uh, whenever I was growing up, my parents were foster parents, so we were able to uh, they actually adopted two of the foster kids that they had, and now they're they're a part of the family just as if they were blood. And I just see like the beauty that it is to uh, to help kids out that need help, and being able to do that for a living it's 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 very intrinsic. Wow, I did not know that, man. That's really cool. So, with learning that part of it, what do they think about your? The other side of you, the Anthony Athens side. <laughs> yeah, the big bad bruiser Brody looking wrestler side. <laughs> uh, a lot of kids love it, especially at the middle school level. You know, once you get to high school, some kids try to act like, "Oh, I'm too cool for wrestling" or whatever. But I was, I was one of those kids. I always loved wrestling, and I have kids of all ages, whether it be uh, elementary, middle, high school. Uh, they, they absolutely adore it. They, they think it's awesome that I go in there and I get in the ring, and I, I, they see another side of me. They see the they see Mr. Jolly, and then they turn around and they see Mr. Athens. Well, you're so in very it, good company. I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but uh, one of the superstars of yesterday from the WWF, Demolition Axe, he is a teacher as well and has been for decades. Oh wow! Yeah, I didn't know that. I knew. Uh, a couple guys come to mind of uh, like the modern era. Like I know Kane, he did uh, substitute teaching before he got into wrestling. Yeah. Uh, Matt Stryker, he was a teacher before he got into it. And I know there's some others that escape my mind right now, but uh, it, also it's, Tisa it's, Santana, he's a teacher as well and still yeah. is. Yeah, I did know that. I don't know why that one didn't come to mind, but so it, it's let me really ask cool. You a question: When one of these little guys get out of line, man, do you give him that big boot? <laughs> I'll tell him I'll choke slam him through the desk. I can't. I can't actually do it because you know I'll get fired. But you know, <laughs> you can verbally do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Tell him, look it up on YouTube. See what I do. Oh yeah, cutting promos on the kids. That that's what helps get my promo skills up. Keeps me sharp. There you promo go. Class one one. <laughs> so speaking of uh, class um, and students, you were once yourself a student in professional wrestling. So. Where did you go train and how did that start? When did you decide that you, that's the thing for you? Uh, I started wrestling when I was 18. I was really young when I started because I was doing uh, college football. I played at Alderson Broadus College over in Philippi, West Virginia. Really? And what I, position? Uh, offensive tackle. Wow. I did not know about that. Wow, that's really we're learning, cool. You know, we're learning a lot of things tonight. That's good. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was I was bigger, not in the not in a better sense of bigger. I was about I was over three hundred pounds because you know you got to be big to be playing college football. And I was after it was after my first game, I actually uh, t- tore my MCL, 
and oh, I had man. to get on the bench. Yeah, it, it definitely sucked. So I was on the bench for about four to six weeks. Then after about week five, I started getting back into the swing of things, having to play with a brace, just making adjustments. And then uh, three weeks later, I uh, I tore it again, and oh, I man. just I was yeah, just a string of bad luck, and I was just like, man, I I can't keep doing this. Now were so you there I, on a scholarship? Uh, it was their first year having a football team, so there was like there was definitely financial aid involved. And whenever it's like Division two and Division three, there are scholarships on the Division two level, but they they went the extra mile for financial assistance. And that being like a like a, a private school, uh, it, the tuition was uh, close to thirty grand a year, and I'm I'm grateful wow. I didn't have to pay that. Yeah, so I I um, after I toured the second time, I just. I hung it up. I was like, "All right, I can't keep doing this. I'm gonna." I wanted to get the the extra weight off. I was tired of being 300 pounds. I was tired of just being this out of shape fat guy. I mean, I was only, I was only 18 whenever I quit because I had a late birthday. So I was like, around my 18th birthday, I was like, "All right, I gotta, I gotta shed this weight." And I started uh, hitting the gym, doing doing more than just strength training because I've been I've been lifting in the gym since I was nine years old. Well, I'll tell so you what, I was, though. I mean, you're not a small guy. I mean, I'm 6'4", <laughs> and you're right. How tall are you? you got to be at least 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. Uh, we work or shoot. <laughs> well, I'm, how, how tall are you? I'm shoot 6'4", and I think you've got at least an inch on me, if not more. And so I'm sitting there thinking, uh, you know, dude, a guy your size, 300 pounds, you're pretty fucking intimidating on the football field. Yeah, I was uh I was definitely I was told my whole life like up until like high school, I was told uh he's he's not mean enough. He's not tough enough. I was, they thought I was just this big softy. So uh <laughs> actually my sophomore year when I played JV football, uh we played 8 games and I think I had about 6 personal fouls because I wanted to make a statement. I'm like, yeah, I'm not this soft big guy anymore. I'm I'm out here to, wow, you know. Wow, personal fouls. Expand on that. What did you do? Uh, late late hits, cheap shots. You know, I'm not I'm not proud of it, but I wanted to I wanted to make a statement because I'll, win. I'll, win. oh yeah, you got to play to win. And I'm I'm from Cumberland, Maryland. I played uh, at Fort Hill High School, and uh, high school football is what keeps this town alive. Uh, straight up, there's a homecoming game that they play every year. They've been playing it, man. They've been playing it for um, like going on 80 years, I believe. And it's between uh, Fort Hill High School and Allegheny High School, and that like you should just see how many people come out to to watch that game. There was actually a, a sponsorship from I believe it was the Marines. They they started sponsoring it whenever I was in uh, middle school, and so uh, during homecoming week they'll have like recruit recruitment officers come into school and they'll do uh, push ups, sit ups, contests, pull up punt uh, contests, and things like that. So it's it's really it's a big thing for the for such a small town. You know, it's a town where only about fifteen twenty thousand people live, and to go to a high school football game and seeing about two thousand people coming, you know, people making the drive three or four hours, five hours away, just coming up to watch a high school football game. It's it's definitely a larger than life feel. Right. So back to the wrestler. Right. You know, what made you want to be a wrestler? How did you break in? Who trained you? I started training in 2013 at a place called the Elite Pro Wrestling Alliance. And the way that I broke in is uh, uh, Luke Gallows is actually from the same town as me. And I remember telling my dad 
back in like January, February of 2013. I was like, Dad, I want to start doing pro wrestling. And I thought he was going to be like, oh, no, don't do that. That's stupid. But he was extremely supportive. Uh, I mean, my mom, not so much. <laughs> she just right. didn't want to see her baby boy get hurt. But he, oh, yeah. um, I was like, I just want to, I just want to figure out how to break in. And he was like, I tell you what, I'll give, uh, I'll give get Gallo's dad a call because they knew each other. And he steered me in into the right direction. I started at the Elite Pro Wrestling Alliance, which is a, a federation that uh, is around the West Virginia area, right around around Cumberland. They operate in Kaiser and Ridgely and a couple other small towns around that area. And I was trained by a guy named uh, Jake Machine Davis, uh, Tate Griffin, uh, Wildman Robbie Page, uh, okay. Leslie Leatherman. And actually, uh, Jason Raditz had a big hand in, in my training later on as well. Tremendous yeah, talent. Absolutely. So I'll ask you. So the other day we had a, we interviewed the maestro and he had a, he was a very well accomplished Greco Roman wrestler before he became professional and talking about your experience in football, you know, collegiate football, looking at the training you did as a football player and training you did as a professional wrestler. Comparing the two, it's a whole lot of, it's a whole different animal, but how do you feel? college sports helped you out in pro wrestling uh, i think uh i think with conditioning it definitely helped to an extent uh, there's no true comparison to ring shape uh, it doesn't matter how in shape you are you go in there and do a blow-up drill in 30 seconds you want to throw up it's your first time it is it, it'll, it'll kick your butt for sure so uh doing doing things like sprints uh, we actually had this one drill that we would have to do we'd have to make uh times for it and we had to do 20 110 yard sprints and the lineman had uh, 20 seconds or under to do a sprint, but you had to do them back to back to back. And, you know, having to push my body through that, being a 300-pound guy at the time, uh, it, was, it was no small feat to be able to get those sprints down. Uh, and we also had a, uh, a very old-school coach. Uh, his name was Coach Crehan. He would, he would punish you if you were, if you were late for anything. I remember uh, one time I was about 10 seconds late to getting, uh, getting to breakfast on the bus. We were going to play uh, – Navy's JV team, and the next practice we did, uh, I think I did 87 up-downs. Wow. For, be, for being 30 seconds late. I'd rather just run the laps at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Screw that, man. I would have said, fuck it. I mean, it definitely helped me with my front bumps doing all those up-downs, but... <laughs> man, those up-downs, God, man, 87 of them? Oh, yeah. I've, I've never forgotten that. I just remember being like, man, this sucks. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm never going to be late again. Oh, he he used to coach at West Point, so he was definitely a hard ass. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, because that I know that for punishment, at least in our time, I don't know, and I'm sure they do that now in, in the bigger leagues. But it was squats. Oh yes, yeah, squats. So you know the fear, you know the hatred. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I, I remember. I was. Um, I heard about a, a Bill DeMont camp a couple of years ago, and I asked somebody how, how it was, and they're like, well, we started out doing 500 squats. And I was like, wait, what? You started yes. out doing 500 squats? Yes. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I don't <laughs> yep. I got when a goal I went now. through the power plant, we did 1,500. We did them in sets of 500. You'd pop. You'd get back. you do more. You'd pop. you go back and you do more. And if you cried... They'd start you over. <laughs> that is intense, man. 
1,500 squats. And when he says we, he means him, not me. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let, let me tell you a little story, though. We're talking about conditioning, how one does not compare to the other. So before a show in Alexandria, Virginia, back in the 90s, we, uh, DeVore and I, we worked for first-generation UCW. Um, and there was this guy, a real Barney badass, started shooting his mouth, and he was a... A karate guy watched MMA and it's back oh, when USC yeah, was really taking off. MMA champion. Yeah, so he says, "You know, you wrestlers are a bunch of pussies, and I'll rip you guys up. I'll twist you into pretzels." So divorce said, "All right, tough guy, come in here, and uh, you know we'll try you out. We'll waive the tryout fee. I think we should have charged him. Would have been a, a hell of a oh, pay." Oh no, bill. he paid. He paid Did he pay? because the guy that owned oh. the company at that point, his name was Papa Woody. Uh, when he kept running his mouth, uh, he waited until he put that money down on the table and signed the waiver. And then he looked over me and said, DeVore, do it. Yeah, so it was only three three whole moves. I think you body slammed him three times on the third one. The guy shit his pants and went home. <laughs> yeah, he literally <laughs> shit his pants. He rolled out of the ring and he grabbed the bucket and he dumped it into the bucket and politely excused himself and we never saw him again. <laughs> uh, that's poetic justice if I've ever heard it before so but you know and and I know in a lot of other academies and, and schools there's always that one bucket in the corner waiting for somebody just in case it comes out one end or the other absolutely that's a so. tough way to learn and speaking of learning if you've ever wanted to do your own podcast I'm here to tell you right now that Anchor is a platform that you want to use to create the podcast of your dreams and I'm telling you now, it's so simple to do. You simply go to anchor.fm, you open up that account, and with a couple of clicks, you're up and away running your podcast. Man, I'm telling you now, if you're a dinosaur like me and you hate technology, Anchor is the platform for you. Hell, they even get, they line up sponsors for you so that you can get your podcast up and going. So once again, you want to go to anchor.fm. Open up that account and do those clicks, and as little as one, two, three, you're on your way to being the podcast star you've always wanted to be. Once again, that's anchor.fm. They even get you onto Spotify and Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts as well. So once again, go to anchor.fm and get it done now. You know, absolutely. They've been very, very well in supporting us every step of the way. You know, I'm like a, a monkey with a computer. Just so with a hammer. I don't even know what I'm doing. If there's much more than a power button, I don't want to do it. Absolutely. So getting back to you, Mr. Athens, um, we talked about your training slightly. So you mentioned the name of another wrestler that I respect greatly, and I think he's a, a great future talent. He's got a looks and a good mind for the sport, Raditz. And uh, he's, you say that he had a hand in helping train you. And I've seen you wrestle him several occasions, and it's no mercy. How is it battling with a guy like Dad is just like hitting the side of a Buick? I mean, he's just that tough. What is that? I mean, I've seen him chop you and punch you, and I'd almost shit myself <laughs> from the sonic boom that came out of that. So tell me about that. What is going on with that? Uh, wrestling Raditz, uh, he's one of my favorite opponents. Uh, no. He is. I've learned so much from Raditz. Just uh, being in the ring with him, uh, just talking about the business in and out of the ring. 
He's helped me get bookings. He's helped me put on main event matches. He's, he's one of those guys that you want in the locker room. He's very soft-spoken. He's very he's very standoffish. He'll throw in his opinion if you ask for it, and his opinion's always top-notch. He's a guy that I can't put over enough and a guy that's helped me out in my career tremendously. And as far as how stiff our matches go, uh, it's no secret I like to work a little snug. Which uh, Nothing guys, wrong with guys, that. Guys that uh, say snug uh, do work stiff, and I'm just saying that as a guy that says the word snug. So. <laughs> Hey, you know but what? He, uh, There's nothing wrong with that because throughout my career, everybody always told me that I was super stiff. But I got groomed by Bill E.D. And you want to talk about sniffing snug? When he hits you, your mole is rattled. But at the end of the day, it made it that much more special. Each match just it transcended and suspended the belief. There was no doubt when Bill E.D. hit you, the crowd knew you got hit. And same thing with Jason Raddatz. Uh, Diego talked about that. And he said that you know, when you and him were working, you know, you all beat the piss out of each other. And, you know, it, it, I always thought it was a beautiful thing. You guys, when you went out there, you told the story. And it was physical enough that it suspended people's belief. Because especially the chops, the forearms, the punches, the kicks, and the throws, you know, you guys you take that passion and you put it out there in the matches. Yeah, we definitely do. Uh, just uh, being trained and coming up uh, from where we came up, up in uh, West Virginia, uh, almost every promoter would say, I need at least one moment tonight where a fan says, oh, man, that was real, or, oh, man, that had to hurt. And it's all about suspended disbelief. And if and if you got to make contact, then, buddy, make contact, because that, that's, why they're, that's why they're here. Well, uh, the fans are here so they can see some good wrestling matches and they don't want to say oh man he botched that or oh he didn't even uh, connect with him on that kick you know they they the only way that you can make sure that you connect is if you actually connect and of course you you don't have to go full force on a guy and break his teeth which yeah i mean i've had a couple of my teeth uh, chipped i've had it uh, happens my, i've had my my lip bloodied had to go get stitches that night then go and wrestle the next day you know i mean it's just the business we're in so if you want to make it look real, you got to make it kind of real. And if you're not tough enough for that, then you're not in the right business. Well, you say that, but and you see, I don't name names because it's, it doesn't make any any difference to where you have performers out there that take some hard hits, and instead of confronting the person that did that to them and say, hey, you know, whatever, shake hands, they go all over social media and just bury the person they've just worked. Because their feelings horse. got hurt, yeah. yeah we their feelings got hurt, and then you get everybody with these little so emojis and say, "Oh, nobody should hit you that hard." What the fuck do you think we do here? <laughs> Excuse my language, but you know this is wrestling. I mean, you're in the wrong business if you don't want to get hit hard. Exactly, and you got you got to be straight up with the guy you're working because it's. I mean, wrestling's a dance. You know, it's it's a contact. It's a collision sport, and it's it's a dance, especially whenever you're chaining with a guy. I mean, you see some great chain wrestlers, and you know we already talked about Raditz, but Jason Raditz, he is a fantastic chain wrestler. He's he helped me with my chain because I used to just absolutely suck at chain wrestling. It's not that I'd get blown up or anything; I just really couldn't get the groove at first. But getting in the ring with him, he showed me a lot of different ways. Instead of just doing all the around the world, let's do the arm ringer to the hammer lock to the headlock. You know, that's pretty much the basis of what I knew, and he showed me a bunch of different ways. You know, there's a million ways to skin a cat, so absolutely. you need to get in there and. You need to get in there and you need to dance. 
You need to, you need to, you can't just do the same thing. It's like, oh, well, this guy, he did a headlock, shoot off, tackle spot, you know, which everybody does. You see it a million times a night. You know, you got to go out there and do something different. Or you, you, know, you see the Tennessee spot, uh, you, you see that almost every wrestling show. So you, you need to be different. You don't need to be so different that people are like, oh, wow, what is that? This is bad. You need to be different. Like, oh, wow, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect him to go from, from a hammer lock into a drop toe hold into a front face lock, you know. Things like that. You need to go about it differently. You need to be a creative individual. It's all about creating a body of art. Absolutely. And speaking of creative, let's talk about your persona. How did that come about? What made that happen for you? Uh, well, it's uh, uh, Anthony Athens is not my first persona. Whenever I first broke into the business, I was wrestling under the the ring name Tony Costello, which uh, really? Wild Man Robbie okay. Page helped me figure out. Yeah, I was just I was pretty much a, an Italian sympathist. It's like uh, I'd come out with an Italian flag. I come out with like a an Italian uh, singlet, but <laughs> before the Italian singlet, I would come out and wear. Uh, I'd have black judo pants, black suspenders, and a dress shirt that was cut off. That was my first wrestling gear. Now, did so you take I, judo, or was that strictly just gimmick? I was just gimmick. I wanted to be able to still do kicks and not be worried about my pants being ripped there was a, a veteran wrestler that i met early in my career his name was jason justice real tall drink of water he's about six eight and i was like man what kind of pants do you have he, oh they're these judo pants and you can get stuff printed on them and they, they won't rip because they're stitched this way in the groin and i went ahead and went with that because that kind of went well with what i was going for gimmick wise and i'd say about a year or so in after that i, I switched to the uh the italian singlet and I, I was so glad to be out of those pants because, man, it would get hot. <laughs> it would get so hot in those pants. Yeah, there's no breathing with that canvas. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, not at all. I, I was I, even though I wore like a three piece, but you know, so much easier. I don't know how guys go out there and wear those those pants or they wear jeans. I, there's no way. Yeah, I'm I'm not a big fan of jeans. You know, there's actually a show, and of course, don't name names. Uh, I was at a show in somewhere in West Virginia, and there was a guy who wore jeans and uh, Carolina boots for his, his ring gear, and like he just showed up and he was wearing that, and I was just like, "Oh, hey, what's up? I'm so and so." And then about an hour or so later, we're getting the show time, and I go up to him just out of curiosity. And I'm like, "Oh, hey, uh, you gonna go put your stuff on?" And he was like, "Oh, uh, this is what I wrestle in." And I was like, you, you wore that here? And he was like, yeah, it's what I wrestle in. I was, I was like, <laughs> Don't okay. Don't worry about naming names, man. <laughs> brother, brother, that's my, that's my <laughs> gimmick, brother. <laughs> Be very sensitive. Diego, um, we traveled we, on the road for, what, 21, 22 years? And very like few times we weren't together. But I remember one specific time that he was out, and I think you were in Mount Airy, North Carolina. And I didn't make that show. I don't know what was going on. I think I was injured or something. And you called me and told me that this guy had showed up to the show. And his um, his gimmick bag, the bag that he carried his gear in, was a Piggly Wiggly sh- uh, shopping bag. Yeah, it was a Food Line or Piggly Wiggly bag. And what he wore to the show was no really not much different than what he brought with him in that bag. It was just a change of clothes, clothing, no actual gear. Man, I hate, you hate to see it. You honestly hate to see it. Uh, Here's the best part. He was the promoter. 
no. That was a. Uh... Never mind. But anyway, it's all good. I was first match and I left. I was happy about that. So uh, you mentioned yeah. your work for NWL. Uh, Diego and yes. I both have worked for NWL, and as um, I don't know, I hope I'm not wrong, uh, but you're still the NWL champion, correct? Yes, sir. I've been champion. Uh, it's been it's been about a year and a half. We we haven't ran a show in three or four months because of the whole COVID thing. But uh, I, I absolutely love working there. Um, Shorty Small is a guy we're both we're all familiar with. Uh, he's he's working there now, and he's a great guy, a great friend of mine personally. One of those one of those guys I, I'm friends with inside and outside the business. And just being there and being able to you know shed uh, some of my creative light, you know, being able to pitch ideas and being able to do some great storylines because some of my favorite storylines I've done in my career have been at NWL, and I've been thankful to be given that platform. Awesome. So looking forward. Twenty twenty is pretty shot. Twenty twenty one. Looking forward. What's next on the list? What's the next chapter for you? Um, are you looking to go to AEW? Are you looking to go to NXT? Uh, are you happy with your shoot job? I mean, there's no wrong answer um, because all of them are respectable. What's on the plate for you? Uh, well, this coming year, I am starting my, my my shoot job being a teacher here in about two months or so, and I am so happy about that. And I know that's going to be that's going to take up a, a big majority of my time because you know being a teacher, the, f- the first school year, you're pretty much just kind of getting in the groove of things, trying to understand how school works, and you got to lay out your curriculum correctly. You got to know the curriculum that you're teaching. So I'm definitely going to have a lot of a lot of time being put into that, but. Uh, that doesn't mean I'm not going to be wrestling. I've had a couple people ask me, are, are you still wrestling? Are you going to quit wrestling? Absolutely not. I, I love wrestling. Uh, I mean, whenever I was like 2021, 20, if you asked me, I'd be like, oh, man, I, I really want to work at AEW. I really want to work at AEW around at the time. But, you know, like TNA or NXT, WWE. And, you know, I mean, if it happens, great. But if not, then I'm, I'm all about creating that body of work. Uh, I go in the ring because I do it because I love to do it. You know, I'm not trying to make it like a jumping platform to get into like acting or something like that i just i love the wrestling business i love getting in there and entertaining fans whether i'm in front of five people or five thousand people i just i love wrestling so i mean if, if something happens great and if not then at least i can say i had fun doing it you know i'm going on my seventh year in the business i didn't picture my seventh year being like this no, nobody did whatever year you're on whatever year you're on you know we didn't think that we wouldn't be able to run shows we didn't think we wouldn't be able to wrestle but you know now we're looking forward to 2021 and 2020 is not over yet hopefully with uh, you know some of the uh, like the, like the covid going on uh, the the phases that different states are in I, I really hope I get to wrestle this this year and I, I think I will uh, wh- whether whether it's for UCW whether it's for uh, promotions in West Virginia whether promotions in like any other state uh, I really hope to get back in the ring so right now I'm just I'm just trying to stay in shape I'm trying to uh, I've been doing a lot of work in my personal life as well. I'm looking to looking to move to that uh, Martinsburg Enwood area, uh, and the good thing is that a lot of the promotions I work for, I'll actually be closer to when I move there. 
because uh, NWL runs out of Enwood, you guys run, run out of Virginia, and being close to Winchester, it's going to cut my driving time down. So I'm just trying to look at it, you know, glass half full. But as far as wrestling goes, I, I'm not stopping wrestling, and I'm going to have as much fun as possible doing it. And you know, with that, when you're saying all of that, Devore and I, we can tell that you have a passion for this business. From the moment you pull up in your vehicle, say hi to everybody, shake everybody's hands. When you gear up, when you take the pictures, when you cut the promos, when you're in the match, post-match, and before you leave, there's a certain level of professionalism that, you know, I'm not saying it's lost in today's generation, but it's definitely a little bit harder to find. So we can really tell by how you conduct yourself professionally in all the shows. Even, you know, and it happens to every show, but whether there's 20 people or 120 or 300, you still give the same performance. So that says a lot about your character. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Whenever I was coming up in the business, the guys that trained me, they they would say, you know, you go out there and you give it 110%. It doesn't matter who all came or who, how many, how much the promoter did at the door because you don't, you're there to wrestle. You're not, you're not there to worry about how much money you're making. You're not there because that's what the real world's for. You're worried about the real world when you're worried about how much money you're making and putting a roof over your head. I totally expect wrestling to be leisure. And by leisure, I mean I have a good time doing it. That doesn't mean I need to worry about, oh, well, you know, if I'm, I'm not making this much, I'm not doing the spot. You know, like, that's I, I, I just, uh, I think it's a big waste of time, honestly. You know, uh, if you, you wouldn't get in the business if you didn't love it. And if you got into it and you didn't love it, uh, then you should probably just get out because, you know, there's there's no secret there's not a lot of money in independent wrestling mm-hmm. uh, because you know we you see guys pull up you know no no one's a millionaire when they get into professional wrestling no one and then you know how many guys actually make really good money in wrestling even even at the national level so you really got to look at it from that perspective and if it's if you're worried about the money in professional wrestling then you're you're not doing it for the love of the sport and if you don't love the sport which is a sport if you don't love it then you shouldn't be in it and you need to give a sense of professionalism to everybody everybody there is is worth something whether whether you're a rookie that's helping with the ring crew whether you're a photographer you know whether you're whether you're a ring announcer whether you're a bottom guy on the card it doesn't matter because I wouldn't be here to wrestle if you weren't here doing your job. We're all doing our part, and that's why we shake each other's hands because it's it's not just, oh, uh, I have to shake your hand because it's a professional thing to do. It's thank you for being here so yeah. we can all make this possible. It's a team effort. And when I see guys, you know, when they play politics, they try to tear other guys down, it really does defeat the purpose. So it's all about keeping that level of professionalism up. So you do that each and you know, I'm sorry, you know, you do that you do that each and every time, every time I've seen you. So we definitely appreciate that being easy to work with. Absolutely. So Anthony, for the fans out there that wanna find more about you or get your merchandise, at the end of the show we always give the talent a chance to plug where you're gonna be at. And obviously twenty twenty we're not really gonna be anywhere, but where can fans find you in social media? Then get your merch. Go ahead and plug away, brother. Oh uh, well, on Facebook, I have a Facebook page called the An- the Anthony Athens. So if you type in Anthony Athens in the Google search, then you'll find my Facebook come up. You'll find my Twitter come up. My Twitter handle is at Anthony Athens. Uh, Instagram at at Anthony Athens, and just shoot me a direct message if you want to uh, get some of my gear. I am in the process of setting up an online shop. 
I'm also in the process of getting more gear set up. I got I have one T-shirt right now, I'm and I got still waiting for my shirt, brother. <laughs> yeah, you cashed the check, but he didn't send our stuff. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> send me the sizes. I'll get you. You take PayPal. I'll take anything, man. It could be PayPal, Venmo, Cash App, anything. <laughs> and that's right on time. And speaking of time, tell me the Diego, time. Diego, I yeah, know you have a love for watches, just like I do. And uh, folks, I'm here to tell you, if you want a really good watch, you want to go to Invicta. Invicta makes the best watches on the planet, bar none. And right now, they're running a special, 30% off. What you need to do is you need to go to ucwfr.com, click on our Sponsors Partners section, click on the banner of Evicta. That's going to take you to invictastores.com. Click on that banner. they got a really good sale going on right now. They're having Father's Day special. If you're a father out there and you see that watch you want, show it to your wife, show it to your kids. Give them that guilt trip. Make that click. Go to InvictaWatches.com or go to UCWForever.com. Go to our affiliate section. Click on that banner and you get 30% off. It's just that easy. Now, Diego, I know you're guilty like I am. I think you're up to, what, 13, 14 watches now? Hopefully. Well, no, I don't want to stop. I do have 13. They're just that good of a watch. But now... Now, what's your favorite man, one? Man, you know, I, I'm always... Don't laugh at me. I, I have two of my favorite ones. One is a gold one. It's got the Superman watch. Encrusted in the gold. And I got a Batman one. Silver tone one. It's pretty oh, that's damn pretty good, cool. man. So, they have, currently, they have a 30% off uh, special going on. Sometimes there's more. You might get lucky. It changes per week. but um, Absolutely. My favorite, and the one I wear now, it's the Venom series, and I'm a big fan yeah. of that. Oh, yeah. It's one of many that you have. Many more to come. Absolutely. So, so, just out of time, because I know we're about to run out of time, and uh, we have to thank Anthony Athens for joining us. Um, hopefully, we can get you back here again soon. Uh, oh, absolutely. I had a blast. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. No, thank you for being here, and we'd love to sit down with you again in the future when we got a little more time, because I know there's lots of things that the fans will want to know about you. Oh, absolutely. I'm game whatever, fellas. Awesome. We appreciate that. So, sir, Mr. DeVore, I saw you took a little bit of the sip of that coffee. So, yeah. flex those golden, yeah, flex them golden pipes, brother, and take it home. All right, thank you once again for being a part of the Diego Divorce Show. Brought to you on the Anchor.fm platform. All things wrestling, present today and tomorrow, and bringing you the talents of the independent circuit. Have fun and enjoy the ride and stay safe.